0: time for Talk of the Town with Lisa Kay. Good morning, Al Bat.
1: Hello, Al Bat. It's Lisa Kay. How are you?
0: Hey, Lisa. I'm doing wonderfully well. Beautiful day out there. Gosh, it's just... It's got to be good today. Uh, I think, can't well, smile t- on a day like this. When can you smile?
1: Today better be good, because I heard it's going to rain this weekend, so...
0: That's what I heard. You know, life is so good. This has nothing to do with anything, but I, I spoke at a a historical society thing the other day mm-hmm. and they had a old phone on the wall <laughs> uh, one of those uh, really old the old dial things and probably got an operator and said Sarah connect me to uh, Barney down at Barney Fife or something but <laughs> I'm just thinking life is so much easier today when I was a young man I'd had had to have written the phone from the wall to drop it into a toilet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and and today we can pretty much all do that just so easily that uh, life, is, life is better.
1: I hope that that doesn't mean that you've recently dropped your phone into the toilet.
0: No, you know, knock on wood here, I've not done that yet. So I, I'm sure it's coming because it seems to happen to pretty much everybody.
1: And you know, so it's I, funny, I don't know of a time when you would normally voluntarily stick your hand quickly into a toilet, but I can see us all doing that if our phone headed that direction.
0: Oh, you bet. There was an old joke that I heard all the time. My dad used to tell it when I was a kid about outhouses, and a guy dropped a... Oh, uh, he was using the outhouse and he dropped a dollar bill down in there and he looked down there for a while and then he pulled a five dollar bill and threw it in there because he wouldn't go down and reach down there for a dollar, but six dollars he was going <laughs> to do that. So that's says we all have our price.
1: We do all have our price, I guess. Huh? Well, the fall is officially upon us. Do you have any plans for the fall now that uh, the weather is changing?
0: Yeah, I'm hoping to watch some softball. There's still fall softball going on, so if the the rain uh, leaves leaves the kids alone, I'm going to be watching that. And uh, other than that, just kind of normal things going on. I was out on the boat and looking at the colors. I, uh, oh, you know, you always have to make uh, goofy predictions. And I predicted that the color would be early this year, and I think maybe it is a little bit, but yeah. the reason I did that was because of the drought. And stress causes a lot of coloring in trees. And we're seeing a lot of red now in. Oh, sumac, uh, poison ivy, uh, Virginia creeper, and uh, of course some of the maples are even starting to show a little red. I have a red maple in my yard. Boy, it's as green as can be yet.
1: Oh, so. boy. Well, you know, I've been watching the um, the DNR puts out there, I think it's weekly right now they're doing it, where it's a, a list of how the colors are changing around the state. I always find that interesting how fast they go.
0: And we're pretty uh, pretty far along, I think, according to that, aren't we? Yeah,
1: yeah, I think so. I think we're further than I thought we would be, although I was outside yesterday playing in the garden, and I realized, oh, my goodness, the sun is going down. So uh, we're, we're just about 12 hours of, of daylight, 12 hours of nighttime, uh, right about that time of year, I guess.
0: It gets dark early, yeah, <laughs> and it. Uh, I'm... Um, I like to walk at night this time of year because, uh, well, it's hot during the day. And then there are these multicolored Asian lady beetles that just drive me nuts during the day and all insist on coming into the house or getting in the car with me. And then we have these little things. We call them no seeums, minute pirate bugs, insidious flower bugs. They have a lot of other names, and they're pretty much invisible. Uh, It feels like a grizzly bear is biting you, but it's apparently invisible because you can't see anything. And then you discover it's this tiny little speck that's Mm -hmm. on there, a little flat insect. And uh, they're coming already, and I would assume they'll get worse when they start taking the crops out. They They like all kinds of ag fields, but they really love soybeans.
1: Yeah, I heard that, and that's when when we start seeing when the harvest comes. So,
0: yeah, Ooh. and they're out there eating. They are a predator of soybean aphids.
1: Oh well, I guess they're doing some good then.
0: They are indeed. <laughs> as are uh, the, our multicolored Asian lady beetles are also predators of. Soybean aphids.
1: Oh, all right. Well, no wonder. Once the soybeans are harvested, here come the lady beetles.
0: They just, and boy, my yard is filled with them already.
1: That means you got some soybeans around you.
0: Yeah, but they aren't taking any out, so I guess they ran out of aphids out there, maybe. Hmm.
1: Well, checking your house out, I guess. Uh, you know, the last time I talked to you, we talked about those cicada killers... Mm-hmm. And it was funny because I went to the farm last week and in one of the little tomato dishes, like one of those paper dishes that we'd sell the tomatoes in, um, somebody had collected, uh, deceased. It, it made its way into the greenhouse and couldn't find its way out. But I, I have never seen a cicada killer. Well, this one certainly wasn't alive, but it was perfectly just, you know, dead and I think Terry had grabbed it and put it in the basket so we could take a look at it. Sure. So I actually got to see one, although it was dead, but it was like perfectly preserved. Um, scary.
0: They are uh, large insects. And uh, they are, uh, when we think of wasps, they're pretty well behaved. They don't want to have anything to do with us. I went to a, uh, a grand opening of a business and they've they had uh, rolls, sweet rolls outside. So you went to a tent and they got them. There were a lot of people there, but there were more Yellow Jackets there than people. Mm. And they are, uh, they are the ones that are troublesome, I guess, at this time of year. They just, uh, oh, they're attracted to those delicious sweet rolls. And the Yellow Jacket colony had stopped production of new wasps. And then they had to lay staff off. And you know how that goes. Mm -hmm. It makes everybody mad. Mm -hmm. So now the workers, are left on their own. They got nobody to work for, nobody to kind (laughs) of take care of and boss them around. So they're trying to establish their fastballs, as they say. And they can sting multiple times. And a couple of days later, I visited a farmer's market. And I think all the Yellow Jackets went from the grand opening to the farmer's market. Right. They're uh, they're busy now.
1: Well, you know, it was funny, uh, speaking of... Bees, or, you know, flying insects, we were harvesting this delicata squash out of the field, right? And apparently, there must be a high sugar content or something in the squash because the bees were leaving all of the squash alone except for the delicata, which they were swarming around. And it's hard to run kind of a farmer's market when you have a bunch of, you know, stinging... Uh, things that people don't want to get stung by. So um, they ended up taking some watermelon that were a little past their prime and putting them out back and cutting them open and feeding the bees for about a week. So
0: that's, that's a nice way to do it. And that's my wife's favorite squash. Boy, she just loves that stuff.
1: Oh, we have a ton of it at the farm. You better tell her to come and get some.
0: Oh We better get there. <laughs> yeah.
1: I was thinking about this question when I was out at my patio uh, where my hummingbird feeders are, and I had... I think last time I told you I had one that just flew upright and looked at me in the eye. There were three around my head. I think they're getting used to me. I thought they were gone. I thought this was the time where maybe they would be taking off, but maybe they're just refueling and just getting that the last bit of, uh, you know, energy. So we're keeping the feeders full, but there were three of them kind of buzzing around. They weren't at the feeder. I looked at the feeder. It was covered with bees. And I thought, are you little ones waiting until these bees go away? Because I don't think the bees are going to go away from that sugar water. They, they really like that. Um, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if the hummingbirds would come to the feeder. Would they get stung by the bees? Um, and I don't, you know, I don't want to hurt the bees. So I did take my hose and I kind of sprinkled a little bit of water on there and they kind of took off and then I went inside and I was just crossing my fingers that maybe the hummingbirds would come and get a drink, but I didn't see them come back. I didn't really look, but is, are they in danger of being stung? Is that why they weren't right there or do they share the feeders?
0: Not so much. And I keep my feeders up till at least October 1st every year. And then if I see some outside, I rush out and put up the feeder again. But usually October 1st. We lose a lot of the hummingbirds by the end of September. And I'm watching two here out my window. And you walk down an aisle, and we all have. You walk down the aisle, and all of a sudden you look up, and here's somebody headed right directly at you. So there's going to be a head-on collision unless you do something really quickly. So you take a step to the right. Mm -hmm. Well, the person that's coming at you is thinking the same thing, so they take a step to the left so you're still (laughs) right on path to collide. I'm watching two little hummingbirds here, and they are, oh, they're like a mirrored image of one another. They're dancing in the air just right in front of one another and trying to get by and What they're doing is playing, uh, you know, get out of here. This is my feeder. They're trying to protect their uh, food source. But they do get bees and wasps on there. And uh, could the bee or wasp sting a hummingbird? Yeah, but it'd be a rare occurrence as both creatures are. They're too focused on gathering nectar to look for a fight. Mm -hmm. And hummingbirds can avoid bees and wasps by being so agile and using quick flight movements, tail flicking, aggressive displays, and the hummingbird feeders attract both, both bees and hummingbirds, and the bees feed alongside the hummingbirds, but sometimes they'll kind of chase them and wasps too if they feel threatened, and when many bees are at a feeder or again wasps, the hummingbirds opt to leave and find other nectar sources. Red attracts hummingbirds. That's why we have red on there. But I know uh, a good share of my hummingbird feeders have yellow on them because they they want it to look like a flower. Mm. Well, that yellow attracts wasps and bees. So sometimes if you can just take the yellow off, and I know very often the insect guards are yellow, so if you color them or do anything with them, that'll make them less attractive to the insects. And I'm watching these two here, and it's like they're uh, nimble dancers. They've been to the Fred Astaire School of Dancing, (laughs) or uh, Arthur Murray. And they're just, they can fly backward. And why do they do that? Well, to keep the dust out of their eyes, I think, is why they do that. But uh, hummingbirds, if you see some today, folks, watch them. Hummingbirds' wings are unlike any other birds, and that allows them to fly forward, backward, hover, fly upside down. Their shoulder joint is a ball and socket that allows a hummingbird to rotate its wings 180 degrees in all directions. Hmm. So, hummingbirds don't flap their wings like other birds, they rotate them. And when hovering, they move their wings in a figure eight motion. They're just such incredible little things. And then they, you know, they have a long journey to go. And we have, uh, science has discovered that. We talk about them going across the Gulf of Mexico. In the fall, they're more likely to go overland maybe than the Gulf of Mexico. They say a lot of the birds from Florida, hummingbirds will still fly across the Gulf. But in the spring, they're more likely to fly across the Gulf of Mexico. Why? Because they're in a hurry. They gotta get up here to get on breeding territory. In the fall, they got time. They can stop and look at uh, historical markers and do all this sort of thing as long as they can find food. They they don't have to be in that big hurry. and They don't have to make that treacherous flight across Gulf of Mexico. They, some still do, but they don't, not so many of them have to make it.
1: Mm, okay. do Do they have predators or things that hunt them?
0: You know they do, and you you look at these little guys and you say, why would anybody want to eat one of those? They'd be <laughs> hard to catch, and there really isn't much there. Uh, one of the big predators are cats. So they can jump up and catch them out of the air. Um, sharp-shinned hawks will do it. Actually, bullfrogs will eat them, too, if they can catch them. Merlins, you get down south. Roadrunners, another one that's great jumping up and taking things out of the air. Kestrels. Uh, Some large spiders, occasional snakes, uh, robber flies, if uh, if folks haven't seen a robber fly, look online, some of them are just, uh, oh man, they are beautiful and they are pretty uh, pretty, uh, efficient predators. And occasionally dragonflies and songbirds will get them, too. So there's a a lot of things out there. We'll be, you know, eating them. It's not easy being green. And Mm. Kermit the Frog, (laughs) I guess, that applies to hummingbirds as well.
1: Al Batt, our guest on Talk of the Town today. Al, uh, we've got a yellow jacket nest or a wasp nest. Um, Is there a difference? And will they reuse it? Do I leave it if it's in a place where it's not bothering people?
0: Yeah, the yellow jackets very often are, oh, sadly, some people get them in the walls of houses or buildings where they're really uh, it's a trouble on wing right there. But very often we'll see them in old stumps, a uh, hole in the ground, a rotted tree. Bald-faced hornets, they're the ones that chew up bark and plant material and chew it up and make a bald-faced hornet nest and these are the ones that were in the old cartoons and things that were always falling on somebody's head Mm -hmm. they're the ones we see at nature centers hanging down these big gray things Uh, they can look kind of football shaped when they're in a tree they do not reuse them Uh, they abandon them the one thing I will add to that was uh, yellow jackets might have a nest in a, the ground. If it works out really well, they might make a nest near that the next year. So they, uh, I would think that would probably be true with the bald-faced hornets, too. So they might be very close to where they were, but as far as I know, they just do not reuse them, which is uh, a good thing. Because people can get them on the walls of their house. Yeah. I hear these horror stories. And occasionally, they'll get honeybees will do that as well. But uh, honeybees, again, are just much better behaved, <laughs> well-behaved than yellow jackets.
1: We've had a lot of honeybees out at the farm. And I'm, I'm going to knock on some wood here somewhere in the studio. But uh, I've not been stung yet this year, so that's a good thing. I've just been kind of working around them. And yeah, leave and me I,
0: alone. I, typically I do not get stung by wasps or bees because I, I don't swat at them, and I I save all my getting bitten. You know, when multicolored Asian lady beetles first came here, they said, "Well, they really don't bite," and then they said, "Well, they pinch." You know what? It's a bite. <laughs> they land on me and they bite me. I, I and these little uh, no seeums uh, just seem to love me yep. for whatever reason. I remember I talked to an entomologist years ago, and he said they were attracted to color blue, but I don't know if that's true or not. A lot of people say dark clothing is better, and I guess we're all just kind of saying what works for us.
1: Right. Uh, what's not working for somebody when they, when they message in and say a squirrel is chewing on their deck, what do they do? Why is it doing that?
0: Yeah, that poor person. I said, well, you know, they're not eating your deck they're gnawing on it to wear down their teeth because their teeth grow constantly so your deck is like going to see the dentist for them and i I watched squirrels gathering acorns yesterday the acorns from the white oak family are the tastiest each year's little boy i ate an acorn because i thought (laughs) man (laughs) the squirrels they make it look so good at the oof they were bitter And red oak acorns, they're nutritious, but they're intensely bitter, and I can speak from experience, they have more tannin in it than the white oak acorns. So research has found that squirrels eat about 85% of the white acorns, and then they cache about 60% of the red acorns. The white acorns sprout in the fall and are more perishable, so when you bury them, then they sprout. Red oak acorns don't germinate until the spring, so they keep better in the ground. So it was fun watching them. They put them in there. They look around. They dig a little hole. They look around some more to make sure no other squirrel's watching. Then they put it in the hole. They look around again. Then they put dirt on top of it, look around again. Then they pat it closed before they leave. (laughs) They want to make sure there are no squirrel spies in the neighborhood that are going to come and dig those up.
1: My goodness. Well, is there anything we can put out for squirrels to, other than our deck,
0: (laughs) I guess? (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. You know, there, it seems like if you put something out for them and you'd want them to chew on it, they would probably not. They would find something else that they say, I'm going to chew on this. And it's amazing what all they will chew on. Uh, they are just, they have to keep working those teeth, or otherwise they're going to they're have problems. They're, mm-hmm. they're going to be an ill squirrel because of that. Right.
1: Just a couple minutes left with us. Somebody said they saw a bald cardinal.
0: Yeah, it was a, uh, uh, a guy from Belle Plaine sent me a photo, and he says, Is it, you know, what's going on here? When northern cardinals and blue jays finish nesting each year, uh, they take a deep breath and then it's time for them to molt and they replace all their old feathers with new ones and every bird molts at least once a year because it's, I've said this often, men, we all have a favorite shirt because somebody said, boy, that looks good on you, so that's what we wear as -hmm. much (laughs) as possible because it saves a decision, and as most men, we like less decisions. So we would wear that same shirt every day, and it would just wear out, and then we have to buy a new shirt. Cardinals and Blue Jays can't do that, so they have to replace so their old feathers with new ones. And some Cardinals and Jays lose all their head feathers at once, and a lot of things online will say, well, it's mites but I had a friend who was a wildlife I still have her as a friend but she's no longer a wildlife rehabber and she had a lot of blue jays and they would come in bald blue jays and there were no mites on them whatsoever so it's just a uh, a molt pattern that allows them to do that. And it gives them kind of a lizardy look. They just, uh, you know, it's a beautiful bird. It's all red in the case of the cardinal or blue and white and black and the blue jay. But then they got this head, just this little <laughs> pinhead up there. But they do grow back, and it really doesn't cause them any health problems and I don't think they're embarrassed about it at all it's just what goes on and that's what they expect probably.
1: Totally normal. Yep. All right well Al Bat, always good to have you on the show today I know we enjoy it uh, spending our time with you and have a great first start to your fall we'll talk to you again in about a month.
0: Sounds great Lisa thank you very much and everybody remember exit signs are on the way out. Thanks for listening.